Okay, uh, this is Ray Duckler, columnist at the Monitor, back for another podcast. Now I've got a great show today. I have Dave and Seraphim Affleck, and they are two two conquered people who want to make a career in the arts, acting, singing. And so we have uh, Dave, who was a uh, teacher, uh, English teacher, English teacher. 15-year veteran English teacher, yeah. At Bishop Brady, and while acting part-time, and he left that job to pursue acting full-time. He's made independent uh, movies, he's made commercials, and um, so he is he's uh, really going full-time to pursue that career. And um, we have the lovely Seraphim. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. Okay, and she is a um, opera singer. Uh, she's also teaches dance, and she's also a tribute artist, and she does Dolly Parton, Christine Aguilera, which means, I mean, she has to sing, so she's doing these people not just because of her looks, and I wish we were on TV, because, you know, whoa, but um, (laughs) she also looks, and she has to sing, and Marilyn Monroe, she does as well, and my description of that would be that Marilyn Monroe would be honored to have this woman be uh, a tribute artist for her. That's how attractive she is. I don't know if that's... that's, uh, that's legal anymore in these days, <laughs> but I'm going to say that. So anyway, we're going to start. It's the truth. It's the truth, it's the truth. Yes. Dave, the husband says. Yes. So let's see. Uh, Dave, so you were, uh, tell us about teaching at Brady and then why you left and, uh, you know, and, and how, how things are going now with that, the, now that you're pursuing acting full time. Yeah, well, you know, I've been uh, in the classroom for 15 years and teaching English literature. I believe in the power of story. Uh, You know, like, uh, I've been a huge film fan. Uh, I'm an avid reader, you know, voracious reader. Thoreau, Hemingway. Hemingway. Duckler. All the books. Duckler. I've been reading Duckler since, uh, yeah, as a child. He was, uh, don't say child. He, uh, Dave, was a star baseball pitcher, by the way, (laughs) at Concord High School. Number Uh, two starter behind Brady Frost. Behind Brady, right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just love the power story. And so with that, you know, you teach this stuff, you teach the, these, these amazing authors, these amazing storytellers, and uh, you read them, you get, try to get kids to read them. And then, uh, you know, at one point I, you know, I came back to Concord to move and, uh, I was, I was like, I, I need to do something different. You know, like I had been, you know, a sports guy and it was time for me to pursue dreams and uh, to do something, you know, outside of the box. And so I auditioned for a role in the community theater uh, in Concord with the community players. Right. Got the second main lead. And, you in know, what? Harvey. Yes, Harvey, yes, Harvey yes, the Harvey. Jimmy Stewart movie. The Jimmy Stewart With movie. With the invisible uh, uh, rabbit. Right, right. Yes. You did so not play the rabbit, though, did I you? I did not play okay. the rabbit. Is I that... played Dr. Sanderson. Okay, good. Uh, Gary Locke, the director, gave me a chance and, uh, you know, performed, you know, for the weekend and kind of was like, all right. I that was in 2014, That I was believe? about 2012, I think. 2012, 2012 okay. Yeah, I think so, it was. Okay. 2011, 2012, I think, you know, time flies. But, uh, so, we, uh, you know, from that point on, I'm just like, I did that, and then I've always had a, you know, I love film, so I kind of started pursuing that, uh, you know. While teaching. While teaching, yeah. So you teach full-time, you know, you're doing your thing, but then I, I had that kind of that passion to do it. I started taking courses, acting courses, you know, I'm like, I, I actually met with someone, and they said, well, how do you become a good actor? I, you know, and they said, well, you take courses, you take classes, you train. And so I, I started training with a guy in Hamden, Connecticut, named Reno Venturi at the Actors Gym. 
Uh, I've been I've trained with like Steve Blackwood. He used to be an actor on Days of Our Lives, you know, and I trained with him in Newburyport. Really? Yeah. And so he, my mother he, used to watch that. Yes. Soap opera, that in yes. uh, General Hospital. So you know, and then so how do you get jobs? Yeah, you audition. So you, you I train. I've been training, you know, nonstop, and then just getting myself out there. Been limited because when you're working full time, you can't do it. But I've had enough success where I'm like, well, maybe I can make a go of this. You know, like maybe it's all. You know, it's a dream. You know, even this late in life, but it's mm-hmm. like maybe with this, you know, a little bit of success going on, I started getting, you know, jobs in like little small independent movies. I did like, you know, I was on, I was an extra in Ted, and like here comes the boom, you know, and like weird little, weird little you movies. Were? Yeah, yeah. I was in the wedding scene in Ted. Are you, can you, are you visible? No, I can't see myself. <laughs> I was there, but you can't see me. I was like a security guard, and here comes the boom. You know, I played I, in like that movie. That you'd like this in that movie Spotlight. I was like a man in front of the church, you know. So you get these. Can like, you see you in you Spotlight? You can see me in that one. You can see me in Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight. yeah one of my awesome. favorite movies. Yeah, yes, oh, incredible. Yeah, well. incredible story. Barely. <laughs> you were in. Somebody said wait a minute, it. So, that one, that one I would be pausing and rewinding like crazy. <laughs> that movie won Best I've, Picture of the Year. You're in Spotlight. Get out of here. Come on. Tell the truth. Yes. When the cat. I only tell the truth. Okay. Yeah. When the character uh, of the who's the owner of the Boston Globe, the guy that takes over, what's his name? Um, uh, yeah, uh, you throw me on the who's spot. Who's the actor's here. name? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Liev Schreiber. 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 Whatever. Yeah, he's playing the guy. He looks across the street to the church and he's contemplating, "Do I expose all this stuff?" You know, and and I'm one of the I'm just a guy in front of the church talking to my family. You know. So I'm in. I'm just like an expert. I go look that because I have the. Uh, I can go on the uh, on demand. I'm looking at that for tonight. You better be on there. I th- <laughs> I'm in a stripe a striped blue shirt. I haven't seen myself. Somebody said they saw me. Yeah. Blurry, maybe. I don't know. You saw it. Yeah. Oh. So, but that's not the fun of acting. The fun oh, of I'm acting. I'm sorry. I just got. I'm a little in awe. <laughs> I'm a little starstruck. Right. Yeah. But no, that's so you get you become an extra, a background specialist, or whatever you want to call it, and it's fun. But it's not necessarily really, you know, I don't know. For me, it's not, uh, you know, inhabiting a different role. It's not. But you've done that. You've done that in 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 drama that I've seen online. Right. Where in the chair. Right. I think this is. Yeah, we started in the chair. We started in the chair together. Well, that's a serious role. I mean, very dramatic. Very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the so some of that is the you know the doing of. Kind of bringing it all together. I love doing theater. I love doing the independent film. And then, you know, you, you make money doing commercials. So I started getting some commercial work. And uh, you just you just build a, 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 you know, you build a resume. A resume, a visual resume, right. as well as a written resume. Tell me, you told me uh, uh, yesterday that you made some money... Uh, as a as a hand. Well, it's my George Costanza moment, oh, you know, from right. Seinfeld. Remember, you know, he comes hands hand. were yeah. milky and yeah. Mil- yes, very well. <laughs> I like to. I don't think they're milky. No, I yours think, are more masculine. Right, I like to think of mine as athletic hands. But they're <laughs> athletic. Yep. <laughs> but you know, it's like that George Costanza. I'm a hand model, right? right? So it's right. like you get paid. So a lot of money. I've only done that. And women once. were attracted to him because of his <laughs> his hands, which was amazing. <laughs> So you did that, you were like p- pretending you were holding a key? Right, you know, you that's, that's, just, that's just the stupid things I'm that you doing, can do. You're a well-rounded guy, right. though. You do hands and you do serious, dramatic uh, movie. Just right. the last thing here before we move over to <laughs> Seraphim is the, the decision to leave Brady yep. after like uh, eight years. Uh, I had been there seven years. Seven years. I had been teaching for 15, yeah. So you left Brady and then that's a safety net and you left. How difficult was that? Uh... Hard, 
because you know I do I think I was a good teacher you know I got nominated for teacher of the year in 2018 like really wonderful stuff uh, I think I was good at what I did but I also like felt like <clears throat> there was something pulling me there was something drawing me to do something different you know and uh, uh, you know, I, th I think I used this quote the other day, you know, go confidently, Henry David Thoreau said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you imagine, you know, and I teach my kids. You would that. tell your kids I that. I would teach my kids that, and they would do it, you know, like, I think I, you know, I was a positive influence, because well, they would see me in commercials on TV, <laughs> in the morning, like, Mr. Avlick, I saw you in a commercial this morning, and be like, that's cool, you know, right. like, like, you're doing it. Right. Um, commercials on, like, insurance, and, and Twin Rivers, Twin River, Casino, banking commercials, yeah. right. I honey do, honey do. Honeydew, I saw. I looked them all up. Yeah, you yeah, very you good. Very good. <laughs> well, that, the honeydew one was a good one. My mom was actually in the hospital. You know, my mom's not sure about all this. She's that's very the life. She's a she was a, one of the best nurses in the right. In, so she's Congress, and she's like, what is this guy what doing? What are you, you know? doing? Yeah. Uh, and you know, she's <laughs> you know, she's like seeing me do she's all so, these things. So supportive. And she was in the hospital, and she actually they were my my dad and my mom were in the hospital, and they saw the honeydew commercial, and she's like, that's my son. You know, so it was like really a kind of a cool like mate like that's that it was like it gave me some uh, credibility, you know, and some satisfaction and uh, to 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 kind of see that. So um, I don't know, you know, I don't know where it's gonna go, but I I gotta I didn't wanna I had to give it a try. I didn't wanna live with regret, you know. Right. And you told me yesterday during we're gonna have a column on this soon, by the way, listeners. But I, um, Dave told me yesterday, in 50 years, you didn't really want to be on your deathbed saying, you know, damn, I wish I had pursued this or that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was a point where it's like, well, you have, I've had a, a little bit of success, right, doing this, so right. I don't want to, I didn't want to be like, you know, not, not that I'm morbid, but you envision, you know, at some point not being on this earth and like sitting there and like, well, why didn't I just do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh... And I didn't, and I don't want to do that. So yeah, so you know, it's been it's been hard. Uh, it hasn't been exactly as lucrative as I wished it, it has been the past four months. But I've only been doing it for four months, you know, since the beginning of since the school left, year. Right. Since I left, I've had a, you know, I got flown to West Virginia in December. Oh, that's to, right. At the end of the year. At the end of the year, to film for a week for I played the monologuing villain in a, a sci-fi. Uh, you know, who is knows? that out? When is that coming out? Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully this year, at some point. But it's called Escape 2120, written by Brian Bennett. He has, it's actually a book that he wrote. He did, decided to produce it, direct it, and uh, you never know what is going to come of it. It was a cool story, you know, like any of these things you choose to decide based on. Is it? Is it? Uh, I choose them based on, you know, does it tell a good story? Does it have meaning? And uh, so hopefully... So, it, so you auditioned for that, and you won the part. Yeah, I, right? I, yeah, I got the That's part. The way it works. Yeah. That, yeah, all these. Basically, you send in, I send in dozens of auditions, you know. <laughs> some of them you self-tape, some we of them they have. We film them every day. Yeah, I mean, I got it. Yeah, I mean, I have an agent now in New York City. I have an agent in Boston. Sometimes they send you stuff. I self-submit. It's always just, it's it's a continuous, pro continual process of just getting yourself out there and seeing what sticks, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So. Well, it sounds like, like you said, you have um, found some success. Yeah, and yeah, if no, you I can mean, afford it, and you can um, eat, and you have a nice house. Wh why not? You don't want to. I have be the regretful. best wife in the world and a beautiful little dog. I mean, my life. <laughs> I, I am like one of the most grateful men you'll ever meet. If you could see Seraphim uh, on this podcast, you would say. 
how did this guy get this beautiful woman? No, you're <laughs> a fan. Because you're cute. Because you're cute. You, cause you're cute. Yeah. You're cute so now that's a perfect uh, segue into cute. Seraphim. So we're going to go over to her. You, uh, Your favorite thing to do is um, opera. That opera is your is, opera. Yeah. And you have uh, part of your church ministry when you were growing up. You traveled around and, and sang opera, including in the... Vatican, uh, yes, Vatican I was one of the, the youngest cantors for the Catholic diocese. So I would get I would get hired to um, cantor the church services, but primarily come in after communion and do you know a big aria or a, a piece of um, music for communion. Some of the things you've done, you have you you got a uh, contract to sing for a major motion picture that we can't name yet yeah. I can't name uh, I find a, a contract it's, it's a, a big, big one, one by a very famous uh, dire- director actor and you had you did uh, were part of that soundtrack the movie has not come out yet is that right yes that that was our that was kind of our um, our tool to I think build up our both of our confidence as a couple when David was making his decision you know to te- to quit teaching right. and go into acting and and I just felt like hey look at this opportunity that just arose for me this will enable us to you know be a little more financially stable yeah, for, you were well for paid even for just that, a little right? minute yeah um, and so that helped that was like our prayers were answered that this opportunity came along right as he made the decision um, it was intimidating. I've sang since I was five. Right. Um, and when people think when you're five, you're just singing along. But I actually had this kind of freak talent to be able to sing opera. I sounded very adult-like. Um, and I was tiny, so it was a novelty. You think you said uh, you were you're a peanut? I was really little. Yeah, a little peanut. Little peanut. I was little, always little, very little tiny. Peanut. I was tiny. I had a special um, step stool to stand at the podium to sing. Oh, that's adorable. Which was w- very sweet. Yeah. Everyone was so loving. It was um, it was a great way to grow up. So um, I want to segue into another uh, topic here with you. You, you, you performed um, uh, with the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. I sang with um, orchestra members. Orchestra members uh, of orchestra the Montreal members. Symphony Orchestra. So there's orchestra. people from Montreal Symphony Orchestra and orchestras all all over the world that were brought together for that film. And so that so that helped. Um, you weren't you were judged uh, initially as maybe being a diva because opera singers are <laughs> yes. often divas. Plus the the, uh, the unbelievable beauty you uh, you you have that they they were judging you and then they learned oh she's really nice and that you said helped you. I, th- I think that that really ended up getting me the film. Um, certainly my vocal skills got it because if I couldn't yes. couldn't sing of course um, opera I wouldn't have been cast. But they w- I was up against professionals. Singers, though I get paid to sing, certainly not in the capacity that the people I w- was up against. Yes. Um, mm. But I ended up being offered it because about three years prior, um, I went and sang for a tribute to uh, a vocalist who passed away in Canada. And oh, that's right. Yeah. And they just really liked the way that I treated them as instrumentalists, the conductor, I came on time. I was always, I, I'm, I, I'm just very loving. I love people. I, I think that when you put out positivity and love and kindness that you receive it and you could kind of create a domino effect. And often in the arts, you can be met with 
divas or a very competitive spirit, and I've I've never needed to do that. I, I no matter what, at the end of the day, whether I get the job or not, I need to make sure that I stay true to being who I am and treat people with love and kindness, and that's luckily that's what got me the film. Right, that's that that ended yeah. up uh, opening that door for you. Interesting, exactly. interesting uh, uh, area here. I first met this couple at the. Uh, Oscar night last right. year yes. at the Red River, <laughs> and fun. I saw Dave, and I had known Dave for, for a little while, and I saw his wife, and the first thing you think of, I mean, this is a woman who portrays Marilyn Monroe, and she looks more like Marilyn Monroe than Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> so she stops traffic, and I just was looking at her, and I've talked to other people who have the same reaction, what is this woman doing in Concord? No offense to Concord, but it's a little town... Uh, a lot of farming, and this woman looks like she belongs in, you know, Midtown Manhattan or or uh, Hollywood. So um, that was the first time I met you, and th- with that in mind about the, f- the friendliness, you're very friendly. You're an extrovert. You look like um, like a beautiful starlet. People would judge you and think of you uh, in a certain light before they got to know you. Talk about what that's been like. It. Um it's been a bit of a challenge. I actually lived in New Hampshire previously, and then I left. I, I Like I had shared with you, I'm, I kind of have a gypsy spirit. I right. like to see the world. Right, you've traveled around. Yeah, and as a performer, that's, you know, given me opportunities to travel. And I had, to be honest, I swore off. I'm like, I'm never moving back to New Hampshire again. <laughs> um, although I have amazing friends here, right. and, and New Hampshire is one of the most beautiful places I think in the United States, in many ways, um, I fell in love, and that's what got you me. You came here to do a to do <laughs> to um, do a play, a play to do a play and that that's I met a, my a nine husband. to five. Yes, and of course you played Dolly nine Parton. Dolly, Dolly Parton, duh, and that's how you met uh, Dave <laughs> yes. doing that play with the community yes. players. Okay, right. so then you're in New Hampshire, and, and how so are people uh, receiving you? Um, there's there's first they usually assume I'm going to be arrogant or I'm and I am over the top. I'm definitely like a, a sugary cupcake with way too much sprinkles on it. <laughs> so people are like, oh God, she's like too sweet. It must be fake. It can't be, be real. Fake. Right. Yeah, and for a while it would I would cry. I actually was very like I became almost a hermit. When I when I was first living here, because I was afraid to go out there and have people um, judge me, because I genuinely, when I would go and meet them, when I greet you with a hug, it's because I I really mean it. Like right. it's so wonderful to meet you. Right. Right. <laughs> I want to know who you are. I want to hear about your life and your journey. And um, I I definitely know New England tends to be more intro introverted they and not, are. you know don't share as much um, from the beginning it's a major contrast between your personality and how New Englanders exactly. are raised very stoic yeah so it's a sharp contrast so yeah so so I'm patient with it because I know that I'm kind of this little triangle trying to fit into a circle hole yeah and um, but the people that I've made friends with they've they've actually come out and said you know oh I thought you were gonna be you know this wretched girl, like really arrogant, um, mean, phony. I think arrogant bitch came up, didn't it? I think I can say that. I don't know. It was, yeah, they think you're going to be a bitch or, or a naughty girl, if you know what I mean. Right. Because I might, it's kind of like the Jessica Rabbit saying, I, I'm drawn naughty, but I'm not. 
a right. naughty girl. Um, and so I think that, that that can come across the wrong way. Um, and I don't always know that you shouldn't say hi to everyone, including men. And they think you're. Adam. They think you're flirt. They're flirting yeah. with them, and if the yeah. girlfriend is there with them or the wife, she may get. Then a, she's gonna hate upset. me, and I right. really don't mean it. Because I'll point out a beautiful woman. Because I just, you know, I, I, I appreciate women um, acknowledging their femininity. Right. I think it's important. I'm very old fashioned. Right. I should have been born in the 1950s. Like I, I love being girly. I, I wear heels and a dress when I make dinner. Like I, you know, oh, bake David. cookies. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, I have my little apron. I'm yeah, definitely, sure definitely do. an old-fashioned girl. So it has been an adjustment living in New Hampshire. But those that I've broken that wall down, mm -hmm. they have told me they're and they've apologized, which has been really, really sweet. People have judged you. They got to know you, and then yeah. they went up to you and they said, "Seraphim, you know, I I thought you were this way, and I'm sorry." Yeah, happens. yeah, it, it happens, happens all, the time. all the time. It's very strange. Good amount. But I mean, because we we get out a lot. I mean, right. we do, we're always doing yeah. stuff. We have a, lot, a great circle of friends, but there are people there's this uh, immediate judgment, and then like I've seen it many times. Like, oh yeah, they said that. You know, we. Uh, we so were sorry, sorry for judging you. Yeah. Well, I did that. The Oscar, and I was like, "Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is that? What's she trying to pull?" And right, right, doing exactly. That? No, I did. I felt badly about Aww. it, but I, you know, I'm, I, I, I judge. Sorry. You're adorable. Some people no. say, "Oh, don't judge." <laughs> I do. Everyone does. I think everyone well, does because I'm guilty of it. Right. You know, it's too, hard where, not to. where I've met people and I can see that maybe it's a woman who doesn't dress up as much I immediately get on the defensive when I meet them I'm never mean right. but I'm like oh she's not gonna like me right you and so that's that right a form away. of judging and I shouldn't judgment. do that and usually you're right but either. you may not be right all but the time but I might not be that's yeah. true um, the last thing to wrap it up here this has been really appreciate uh, you guys coming in I'm going to be writing this column um, uh, to help preview a uh, night, a variety uh, show that's going to be uh, held at Tandy's Pub on Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th. Um, Doris Ballard, who is the executive director at Concord TV, has been trying to uh, bring comedy and the arts in general to Concord, so she has helped with the uh, Hatbox Theater at the Mall uh, with comedy shows. Uh, Dave has hosted there and performed there. And now, again, next month, she's starting a variety show where we'll have uh, comedy and other elements. And hopefully that'll that'll be there at Tandy's each month. I think the second Tuesday of every month. I may be wrong on that. But anyway, so uh, each of you, talk about what each of you are going to be doing at that, um, that uh, show, the first show of hopefully many. Uh, yeah, just to, so just a shout out to Greg Bogus, who's kind of he's right. like he's like the guru of uh, New, New Hampshire comedy. comedy. He's right. the headliner. There's right? a lot of great comedians, and you would never know. I mean, you would know if you get out there. But there's a lot of comedians, and there's a lot of comedy going on in New Hampshire, not necessarily in Concord. So Greg is a great uh, was has been a great mentor to me, kind of being like I took a class with him. 
and with the Ballards and uh, yeah. Norm and Doris, who are hilarious in their own right. And so, right, Ballards uh, of Ballards Ice Cream, yes, yes. Ballards yes. Party Shop, and yep. Doris, Everything. of course, we know is is very he- heavily involved with media. Yeah, and yes. just to cut you off quickly, she started. What was the group? What's the group's name? Laughter La- La- in New, New Hampshire. Laughter in New Hampshire. Exactly. So Greg Bogus does have a comedy. I mean, there's there's great stuff going on in Concord in terms of like getting the art scene out there. Greg Bogus has a comedy night uh check your you know check at the half ox website and you can uh you right. know at the once a Steeple month Gate mall. steeple gate mall and then in addition to that uh that's a wonderful uh venue to you know for anything uh always great original stuff going on at the half ox and then you know the tandy's thing is uh, you know i'm gonna be just doing a short like eight ten minute set uh, comedy comedy right right so comedy has been out. another foray into the entertainment world for me uh make some people laugh here there's so, a great lineup Great lineup of great people. Lineup. Greg Bogus is the headliner. I don't think he's the headliner. I think. Oh uh, no, no, no! You're Shahi. right. I just want, yeah, Bob Shahi, right. who's sorry. also Shahi. become a good friend. Bob the cool Shahi. thing is, like, this Shahi. Shahi. the world of comedians yeah, has yeah. been really yeah. great. Yeah, Bob Shahi uh, is the headliner. We did last year. We did uh, an uh, actually a skit. We actually for Valentine's, at, Day. For Valentine's Day we did a skit comedy, uh, a sketch comedy. With the Ballards and Bob Shahi and uh, and uh, at the Hatbox. No, we did it at New England College, right in that little space oh, right on Main Street. Oh, downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sold we, out crowd. Had, there was a line. We down thought there the would street. be like five people there. There was like eighty people that showed up to this thing for sketch comedy. We're like, it's amazing. It, it just shows you. Conquer starving for some entertainment. We are starving. <laughs> yeah. well, I think that's, that's so. what lit lit the fire under Doris, where she's like, you know, I I've been such a, a role in this community, um, right. but she has a passion, just like David and I have our passions. <clears throat> where David wants to be a film actor, and I want to concentrate on singing. She has a real passion for bringing comedy right. to our community, and and we've been blessed to be able to unite our talents with hers um so david will be doing comedy i'm going to be a featured uh singer because we want to add a little romantic element right. with it being valentine's night um i'll be singing uh, the traditional standard my funny valentine and then bringing some whitney houston um so a little stronger vocals and just trying to make it a romantic night of laughter and love and and um i think everyone needs that right now I, yeah. think, I think the world a needs point. a lot more laughter and kindness, and if really we could do. do it by being silly, and and for me getting to bring song to people, it's going to be a really great night. Doris Ballard, just by herself, is a great story. This is a woman in her seventies who does stand up and is trying to promote stand up comedy and 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 variety type shows in Concord. So she is uh, she's really unique, she's a hot ticket. Right? She's she, a hot <laughs> ticket. She's man. amazing. Lover. She's she really is amazing. A hot yeah. Okay, um, I guess uh, that should wrap up this version of the Ray Duckler podcast. Uh, thank you guys for coming in. Thank, thank you, Ray. And uh, if you get a chance, remember Valentine's Day uh, at Tandy's Pub is going to be the variety show with comedy and music and singing. Dave and Seraphim will be there, and hopefully you'll uh, we'll see you there. Thanks very much. Bye. <laughs>